Welcome to New Life with Adam Camp. This podcast is a ministry of Rosemont Baptist Church in LaGrange, Georgia. Please visit us on the web at rosemontchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. We thank you for Jonathan and Rebecca, Lord, for Kyle and Kathy, uh, Lord, for, for so many others all around the world that are faithfully serving you right now, Lord. We just lift them up specifically and especially right now in prayer. Father, so many people doing so much work to reach countless millions of people. Father, strengthen them, encourage them, Lord. Let them know there are people back home that love them, that pray for them, that support them, Father, that will continue to send teams from local churches to be with them and, and to multiply their ministry. Father, thank you for what you're doing here for all the people that have gone over the years and will continue to go. Lord, just continue to, to have this, this mission's fire burning in our hearts, Father. And as we look at this sermon today, as we look at this study this morning over the next few weeks, Lord, the incarnation of Christ, give us the ability to, to not only hear from you, to be challenged by your word and your truth, Father, but then give us the ability to go, to do, Lord, to, to do more than just kind of sit and soak, but to really be sent out into the world, Father. And I pray that this sermon would just encourage and challenge us, Father. I pray through the power of the Spirit that we would, as always, be transformed more and more into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. I want to invite you to take your Bibles and open to 1 John <clears throat> chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. We're starting a new sermon series this morning. We've entitled Incarnation. It's going to take us through the four weeks of Christmas, a study of Christ and Christ coming to the earth. And we're doing that, obviously, because it's, I guess, officially Christmas now, right? We've been walking through stores for months that have trees and lights and Christmas music, but kind of the traditional after Thanksgiving now when we can get into the Christmas season and wish everybody a Merry Christmas. And a lot of us are kind of in the process of getting things ready. Anybody kind of halfway through the decorations right now? Yeah, anybody halfway through the gift buying? We, we laugh because if you're like us, there was a period. And we kind of, we like to do ours the day after Thanksgiving. And so we kind of, we try to do it all in one day. But if you were to come to my house at any point on that Friday, it would look like a bomb had gone off. Because there were lights everywhere and boxes and decorations. And now we're trying to get Christmas presents wrapped. And we, we love this time here. It's exciting. All those things are good. But if you're like me, you'll kind of come to this point where you begin to, I kind of always have this moment over the Christmas season where I begin to ask myself the question, am I, am I putting too much into this idea of the decorations and the giving? Am I, am I missing kind of the real meaning? And we probably all have that moment. We kind of have to rein our, our hearts back in and, and, and kind of be, be careful and make sure we're thinking about the things we ought to be thinking about. Because when you really whittle it down and you simplify it and you kind of take away all the fluff and all the things that kind of distract us, Christmas is really just about a birth, isn't it? Not about anything else. Not only is it about a birth, but it's about a, a kind of in, interesting and, and amazing birth, something that we wouldn't really expect, right? We think about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, right? And, and how many, uh, we got any people that follow the royal family in England? Anybody real big friends? I mean, fr friends, uh, that'd be cool. <laughs> Hook me up there. I meant fans. A few of you raised your hands, right? And so I think they're pregnant. I don't even know. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, they're like, woo! They're going to have a baby. And when they do, right? I can guarantee you within moments we're all going to know about it through Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever the case may be. We're going to know that the baby has been born. Why? Because it's royalty. It's a big deal. 
And it'll be celebrated, and the, I'm sure the British people will be excited about it. It's a good thing. It's fun to celebrate stuff like this. But it's, it's such an interesting position compared to the birth of Christ, right? The King of kings and the, the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe, instead of kind of the fanfare we would expect, is born in kind of this, this lowly, ordinary, lonely, dirty place. It's such an interesting contrast to me. It's such an interesting contrast to think about who Christ was and all Christ was going to accomplish and all Christ did accomplish, the way that he kind of started that process. Because I, I, I was thinking just uh, earlier this week about all the ways that God could have done that. Because Jesus, now you remember, this is important. We're going to think through this a lot today and over the next few weeks. Jesus came, he stepped kind of into this lowly place, born in a, a stable and the, the animals, and we kind of know the story, right? We understand what Jesus did. But one of the things that we sometimes forget is that not only did the birth start in a very lowly way, but Jesus, in, in all of his glory, in all of the, the, the beauty and, and majesty of heaven, he stepped out of all that as well and stepped into a kind of a dirty, broken, messed up world. And I think, man, I, I don't know. I don't know how he did that. And, and, and I wonder sometimes, was there not another way for God to do this? I mean, did it have to happen like that, this lowly, strange sort of a birth, very different? I mean, why didn't God just kind of maybe write something in the heaven in words like this that we could all just read? Why didn't he do it that way? Or why didn't he send angels? Right? He sent the angels to kind of talk to the shepherds. Why didn't he just continue to send angels to all the heads of state all over the world and informed them of what Jesus was going to accomplish. He, he didn't do any of those things. Instead, he did something very unexpected. He sent this helpless little baby into a broken, wretched world for one very simple reason, to save those that were lost. That's why he came. That's why he lived. That, that's why he died. And I think it's really important uh, over Christmas and this morning over the next few weeks, I really want to think through this. I think it's important for us to make this connection. I think we miss this a lot of times. Right, Jesus was willing to step into this broken, dirty, sinful world out of the glories of heaven, by the way, simply to reach people with the gospel. Here's the dis We get that. Here's the disconnect. He's called us to do the same thing. It's real easy for us to sit in the comfort of our homes, the comfort of our cars, the comfort of our jobs. No, those, those things are not wrong. But Christ says, listen, I'm willing to step out of all this goodness into all this kind of dirty stuff and messy stuff and broken stuff so that I can reach the world with the gospel. The Lord says, listen, Christian in the first century, Christian in the middle centuries, Christian today and in the future, it's your calling as well, right? The incarnation of Christ, it's your calling as well. Just as Jesus came to the earth to live among us, to save us from our sins, it's our calling now as we live among us in the world, in the dirtiest and the brokenness of the world, to step outside of our comfort zone, to step outside of the easiness of life in order, very simply, to reach the world with the gospel. Right? I, I don't want to insult anybody or hurt anybody's feelings, but there's no excuse for us not to do it. So whatever reasoning you're working through in your brain right now as to why you haven't done it is not going to be good enough. 
So I want to challenge you this morning with the Word of God. 1 John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. We have it on the screen. You can follow along as well in your copy of God's Word. 1 John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. That which was from the beginning, that's an interesting idea we'll come back to in just a minute, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. We proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Verse 4, we write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Now there's a theme that is really thick through this, and I'm going to point out to you in just a second. It's going to follow through the main points of this sermon, but I want to give you the first truth and then kind of work back through it again. As believers, right, all these things are addressed to believers, to people that have seen Christ, that know Christ, that understand Christ. Truth number one, as believers, we proclaim the birth of Christ. That's what John tells us. Like as a believer, you ought to be proclaiming the birth of Christ. Now listen, there's a theme I want you to see here that just, just jumps off the page when you look at it. And if you're taking notes in your Bible, you ought to underline a few of these things so you see them yourself. I want to read back through this, look back through these verses, and then I want you to notice the theme as we go. I want you to notice the idea of, hey, we've seen it, we're witnesses to it, we understand it. Therefore, John says, it's our responsibility to do something with it, to testify and proclaim about it. Watch it in these verses. Pull up verse 1 again. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, right? There's this idea of eyewitness testimony. We've heard it. We've seen it. Which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, right? There's this tangible thing we're aware of. This we do what? Proclaim. We've seen it. We know it. We understand it. What do we do? We proclaim it, right? Look at verse 2. The life appeared, he's speaking of Jesus. We have, here it is again, seen it. And so what do we do? We testify to it and we proclaim it. Verse 3, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. Verse 5, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Right? There's, there's this simple, profound clear understanding in 1 John verse 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, and really throughout the rest of this book. There's this clear understanding that what we have seen and know and understand, we have a responsibility to do something with it. You understand that? We got to proclaim it. <laughs> we need to be telling other people about it. How many hunters we got in here? Be honest. Okay. How many shoppers we got in here? There it is. Okay. So, guys, you're going hunting next week, right? Is bow, is bow season still in? It is? Okay. So, you're going hunting next weekend. Uh, you're out in your field. You got your bow. You, you, so, I want you to imagine the biggest buck you've ever seen. Just imagine. Just, and, then I, and then I need you to tune back in, okay, because I know where your mind's going to go for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> just think about it and then forget about it. All right. Multiply that times three. 
And you see that, that monster next week in your stand. You got your bow with you. He's 200 yards out. That's too far for a bow shot unless you're pretty incredible as far as I know. So you're seeing him. You're, you're, you're whistling. You're trying to do everything, everything you can. You want to get him a little. Give me 100 yards, Lord. Yeah, I, you know, I'll try 100. I can't hit him at 200, but I want to. So he just meanders for an hour or two, and you're doing everything. He's dying, and then he just walks off into the woods. You sit there until dark, just hoping upon hope upon you see him again. He's gone. You don't ever. The rest of the season, you go out. You don't ever see him again. What do you do in the moment you get down off that stand? You see your next buddy that's a hunter. What are you doing? You're telling him, dude. You are not gonna believe this. You're not gonna believe this buck. And you got a picture. that's real grainy because it's 200 yards, and so you're, you know, you're trying to make it bigger. And then you take a screenshot so you can make it even bigger. You know, and you're, you're not gonna believe this. Deer I saw, man, he's two, and you're going to tell, right? You saw it, you heard it, you wish you could have touched it, you weren't quite that close. So what are you doing? You're proclaiming it. You know you're going to do it. Ladies, you go out Black Friday shopping or Cyber Monday or what? Anybody go to Walmart on Black Friday? A couple of you. It's dangerous, isn't it? I mean, if you read the accounts and you watch the YouTube videos, you about need security. People get stabbed over TVs. I mean, you can have my TV. I promise you, it's not worth the stabbing over. But you go to, you go to Black Friday, and there, there's, the, there's this incredible deal. In fact, it's 105% off. They're giving you money to take it. It's such an incredible deal. But you get up there. I mean, you know, you try to fight through them. By the time you get there, they're gone. Oh, I couldn't get that 79-inch plasma. They were going to give me money to take What are you doing when you get home? You're telling the story, aren't you? You're not going to believe this TV I saw, man. It was beautiful and had a remote and that's exactly what I've been wanting. They were going to give me money to take it home and they were all, can you believe that? You're proclaiming it, aren't you? There's a thousand different stories I could tell about you proclaiming things. We just do that as people. That's human nature. We like to tell stories. We like to share things. That's fine. That's good. Why are we not proclaiming Christ? And man, I'm not, I'm not preaching at you. I'm standing down here among you. But I just feel like the, 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 the question has to be asked. Why are we not? If we'll talk about hunting and shopping and football and cars and all those things, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with those things. Why is it we can't proclaim Christ? I mean, all those things are temporary. They're going to go away. You're not taking any of that stuff with you when you go. And none of it's going to matter in the end. None of that stuff is going to matter in the end. And yet John tells us, and we see it all through the Gospels and all through the New Testament. We see it time and time again. Listen, we've been given this gift. And we've heard about it and we've seen it and we've experienced it. And our call now is to do something with it, right? And so, so here you are. A lot of you are sitting here you're thinking, I get it. I hear it. Yes, I mean, I, I probably need to do a better job of proclaiming my faith, right? And I, I would not do this, but I've all walked around the room and said, when's the last time you shared your faith in, in LaGrange? I mean, I'm talking about shared your faith, not inviting somebody to church. And inviting somebody to church is good. Please continue to do that. When's the last time you shared the gospel and talked about salvation and your faith in Christ and forgiveness of sins, right? I, I bet there would be a lot of crickets chirping. And so one of the things we try to do as a church is present you with opportunities, right? I mean, we, we can't force you to do anything, but we can kind of create these opportunities give you these chances to go share your faith, to share the gospel, to love somebody in the name of Christ. So what we've done is we've created this Mission LaGrange Christmas edition. We did that for one reason, because we want to get the church into the community sharing the gospel of Christ. That's what we're doing. 
That's the whole reason we created it. So, so we, we made it real simple for you. We gave you this, this list. There's a, you can pick up a sheet. Go pick one up if you haven't already got it. Go to our website. There's a whole website that lists all the different things you can be involved in. You How to sign up. The things. You say, you know, I don't really feel called to do anything in LaGrange uh, over Christmas. I'm busy. Great. We, we've got these prayer guides, which, by the way, you ought to pick up because they're, they're fantastic. This is an in-house thing we did. It's great, great, great. It talks about our specific prayers. In the very back, there are all the mission opportunities for 2019 overseas. South Asia, Zambia, Guatemala, uh, London, Romania, Alaska, all these places are going. All these ongoing mission opportunities, safe family, adoptive care, foster care, all the kids clubs that we do, homeless, warming shelter. All these things are opportunities for you to take advantage of. Why? Because we're trying to give you a chance and make it as easy as possible for you to share your faith. Because you're going you're to get to heaven one day and, and God's going to say, listen, I told you to proclaim my name a, 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 a thousand times in the New Testament. Why didn't you do it? And the excuse of I just didn't have time is not going to fly, right? We're told you've seen it, you've heard about it, you know it, it's impacted your life, proclaim it. Now let's continue. Look at verse 2 again. 1 John chapter 1, verse 2. So the life appeared, right? We're speaking of Jesus here. The life appeared. Here it is again. There's the proof. We've seen it, and we do what with it? Testify to it, and we do what? Proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Right. So th there's this idea of, of the birth and proclaiming the birth and proclaiming Jesus, and Christmas is a great time to do that. But truth number two is important because I don't want to get just caught up simply in the Christmas season. Number two, we proclaim the eternity of Christ. Right, we, we certainly talk about the birth, and this time of year is a great opportunity to do that. It's kind of built in to talk about Christmas with people and the birth of Jesus, and it's natural and it's easy, and we've given you all these opportunities. But it has to go beyond that. It's not just about the birth. It's about the fact that Christ was eternal. Now, I want you to think about something with me. This is, this is really important, right? We think about Jesus and his eternity, and for a lot of us, when we think about eternity, it's kind of hard to wrap our minds around. We were talking in our house uh, earlier this week, and, and one, of the, one of the kids said, you know, when I think about eternity, it kind of makes my, my mind hurt because I can't quite understand it, and I, I feel the same way. You think about 100 million years, and you've just started. I mean, that's, that's staggering for us. But here's sometimes something we miss about Jesus. This is important we need to understand. Jesus is eternal in the future, but he's also eternal in the past, you understand? And so we need to make sure we, we get that distinction. So I'm going to blow your mind for a second. Some of you have heard this. Some of you probably have not. But let's think about eternity past. Let's not think about eternity future, right? We'll get there. But let's think about eternity past just for a second. Here's what the book uh, in Revelation, here's what uh, Revelation chapter 13 verse 8 says about the Lamb of God. It basically says, and you can read it later, Revelation 13, 8, go look it up. It says that Jesus Christ, the Lamb, was slain or killed before the foundations of the earth. Now, y'all are thinking, wait a minute, I thought that happened about 2,000 years ago. There's a kind of a time in history. There is. It did. It happened 2,000 years ago. He was crucified, died, uh, went to the grave, rose again three, three days later, ascended into heaven, right? We know the story. But what the Lord has explained to us in Revelation 13 is that he understood and knew eternity passed before anything happened, before the earth was even created, before you were created, he already knew the plan for Christ. You understand that? Now, here's why this is important for you, right? 
It's important for you, and I'm, I'm going to talk here in just a second about some of the prophecies that point to Jesus. It's important for you because if God already knew before the foundations of the earth that Jesus was going to be slain, which he did, and he already knew your salvation story and your life, he, then he, we, know that's to be, we know that's true. He did. Then that means, if you think about the, the world you're living in now, all, all the, the stuff you're dealing with, the, the struggles, whatever, that didn't take God by surprise. And, and God, even in the midst of all that, is still at work, right? We need to, we need to remember that. We, we ought to find hope in the fact that Christ is eternal from eternity past to eternity future. He doesn't wake up one day and just realize you're in trouble. He's always known it. He always understands it. And he always walks with you if you're a believer through those struggles to strengthen you and encourage you for his glory. That's the beauty of the eternity of Christ. right? If he had a beginning and an end, we'd think, well, he's kind of limited a little bit. I mean, he's, he does some good stuff, but he can't do it all. The, he, he knows all things. And so we see this, this beautiful picture in the Old Testament. This is one of my favorite things to think about. It's kind of the prophecy of Christ in the Old Testament. When you think about all that Jesus has done and all he accomplished, and the Old Testament basically tells us that Jesus is, is coming. They kind of looked ahead to the, uh, to the uh, to Messiah. The New Testament looks back at what he accomplished and what he did. And we got this beautiful picture all through the Old Testament that shows us Jesus was going to come. We see all sorts of examples in, in Isaiah. We see examples in Genesis all through the Old Testament. A picture of Christ and what Christ was going to do and what was accomplished. So Galatians 4, and, and I need to kind of move on here. Galatians 4, chapter 4. I want you to listen to what it says. One of my favorite New Testament verses. When the fullness of time had come, right, when it, when it was just right, in other words, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so they might receive, so we might receive adoption as sons. Galatians says, listen, when, when the time had come, when it was exactly right, when everything had been fulfilled according to plan, at that moment, God sent his son. So we see that Christ was born. We should proclaim that. We see that Christ is eternal. We should proclaim that. By the way, wouldn't it be nice for the, the person that you talk with at work or that's struggling? And, and I hear so many stories all the time of, hey, I work with this guy or I work with this lady or this person at school is struggling. Wouldn't it be nice when you're, when you're speaking to these people as a believer to be able to say, listen, I have confidence in Christ because I know he's God. I know he died for my sins. I know he's eternal. I know he knows the end from the beginning. So whatever you're going through, God is there with you to walk through. And I'd like to be there to walk with it through you as well. Doesn't that give hope to people and comfort and peace? We need to finish up. Look at verse 3. 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. We, we proclaim, here it is again, there's this path. We've seen it over and over. We proclaim to you what we've seen and heard, so you also may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we've heard from him and declare to you God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Truth number three as believers, we should proclaim the joy and light of Christ. We should proclaim the joy and light of Christ. Now, I, I want to just kind of encourage you a little bit. This may challenge you a little bit in your thinking, but there are far too many believers that have lost the joy of salvation. There, there are far too many believers who've lost the joy of life, frankly. And we get so bogged down in the struggles, we get so bogged down in the difficulties, we get so bogged down in the bad, we forget 
that Jesus is joy and that Jesus is light. And we forget all that he's accomplished for us. Martin Lloyd-Jones, who if you've ever read uh, Jones, you just will appreciate him. He was, a, he was a medical doctor before he became a pastor. And so this guy was just very meticulous about how he examined the scripture. And he took this kind of uh, mentality, almost like this medical idea into the Bible and just was very thorough in his examination. Here's what he said about these verses, though. I think it's so cool. He said, the business of the church... In light of these verses, he's talking about 1 John here, is to proclaim, to announce the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Like as believers, we ought to be careful when we go into the workplace and everybody knows we're a Christian to mope around and be sad and be angry. Why? Because we're not proclaiming joy and light when we do that, are we? We need to proclaim joy. And even when things are not good, we're relying on Christ. Listen, it's not been a good day for me, you might say, and I'm not feeling well, you might say, or I've had a rough week, but I still trust in Christ. I still find my joy in him. He's still the light of the world. The Bible says, listen, we need to understand that. We need to live that. We need to share that. We need to proclaim that. Georgia Baptist Convention estimates, and this is an estimate, that between 70 and 80% of Georgia is lost. Now, that kind of is a little different than some of the statistics maybe you have seen. But if you think about it, you send out a bunch of surveys and ask people if they're Christian. Most people in Georgia are going to say, yes, that's just the way we live. But when the Georgia Baptist Convention delves into it a little bit more and kind of gets below the surface, they begin to realize these people that claim to be believers may not really understand salvation. So they say between 70 and 80% of Georgia lost. You, you factor that in with uh, people like Jonathan and Rebecca who live in a place with point zero, what do you say, point zero zero one percent believers? I mean, there are probably three billion people in our world that are not saved. That may be a, uh, uh, I may be underestimating that. Many of whom have never heard the name Jesus. You factor in the, the, the fact that, that those people don't have access to the gospel. There's nobody there sharing with them. I mean, Jonathan and Rebecca are working hard, and they do a really good job, but there's six of them. You take all that in consideration, local Georgia, 70, 80% lost, foreign billions of people without the access to the gospel that don't know Jesus. You take all those things together, and you combine them with the truth that John has said to us, listen, we know who Jesus is. We've seen him. We've heard him. He's touched our lives. We, know, we need to be proclaiming this. We need to be sharing this. We need to be talking to people about Jesus. There are no excuses. Like, there just aren't any. The call is there. The need is there. The reality is there. Like, what are we waiting for? God says, listen, I've called the local church to reach the world. That's us. There's no B team. There's no second string. Like, if we don't perform well, he's not going to bench us and call in the reserve. There, that's it. Like, his plan is to reach the world for Christ. And so we need to, we need to take this, we need to understand it, we need to answer the question, Lord, Lord what am I going to do to reach the world for Christ? The calling is real. The, the need is real. The statistics are real. We're, we're in this, this right place for the gospel to be spread all over the world with the technology we have, the ability to go. It's not about the calling. It's not about what we're supposed to do. The only real question is, are you going to do it? Like, what are you going to do with the gospel that has been given to you? Let's pray.
Father, we thank you for your word. Again, it's very clear. It's compelling. It's understandable. It challenges us, Father. Uh, we've obviously been called to proclaim and to testify the truth, Lord, because we have seen it. We have heard it. We're witnesses to it, Lord. It's, it's affected us, and it's changed our hearts, and it's changed our lives. And so, Lord, I pray you would just encourage uh, the, the precious people in this room right now, Lord, with this truth. Challenge us, Lord. Let, let the question of when's the last time we shared our faith with somebody rattle around in our head a little bit, Lord. And if we can't really come up with a time, let, Lord, allow that to lead us really to a place of forgiveness and, and brokenness and a desire to do something about that, whether that's through Mission LaGrange over Christmas, whether that's through a mission trip somewhere else in the world, whether that's through just the day-to-day -day interaction with people at work or at school or on the ball field or whatever that means for us, Father. Just help us to kind of come to this place of recognizing, listen, I've seen the beauty of Christ. I've seen what he's done for me. I've seen how he's changed my life and the life of my family, Father. I'm supposed to proclaim this. Give me the ability and the strength and the courage to do it. And then, Lord, I pray when, when the people uh, of this church are faithful to that call, that you would bless that and honor that, and great things would happen, Father. We pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You can stand. Altar is open. Time for you to pray or come speak to me. You, you respond as we sing together. Thank you for joining today's sermon. We would love to hear how today's message blessed you. Use the Contact Us link on our website at rosemontchurch.org. God bless.